0: Oh, let me close this mail out. There we go.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another 3 d interview. I am not sitting next to John or Justin. I am here today with Mick, who is my new partner in crime as far as our team up with the scene snobs. Lots of fun. Can't wait to do this interview with them. And I'm here with Jennifer Candy. Jennifer, how are you doing today?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Hanging in there.
1: I'm so glad we finally got to make this work. Scheduling has been crazy, but uh right. we're here.
0: Yep, we made it. We survived. We're we're out of 2020 into 2021.
2: <laughs> I so don't think it's going much better.
0: <laughs> no, it, it, let's be honest. Was it really gonna get any better right off the go? You know, <laughs> we have to we have to ease into it. Just go in okay. quietly.
1: 2020 uh refuses to concede the year, so it's just leaking over a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But um this might be an obvious answer, it might not be, but what made you want to get into acting and comedy?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, probably the obvious. Well, I, I was surrounded by it, so I grew up around it. Um, I actually didn't want to get into it when I was really little. I was going to be a veterinarian or a marine biologist. I think like every young child in the 80s that wanted to be an either, you know, marine biologist of some sort. Um but it was—I don't know—I just kind of enjoyed, like in theater. Uh, in high school, I got into plays a little bit, and then in college, I was a theater major, and I realized that I actually did love doing it. So I just did more of it and um, wanted to learn everything about it. You know, from uh, stage uh, direction, directing—you know, building—not not just the acting aspect of it. I wanted to learn everything about it, and then moved to Chicago, uh, worked a second city out there, got into improv, and kind of enjoyed the second city aspect of that. And it was just, it was fun. I just, you know, I've always wanted to, and then I realized, you know, I think I'm in it and I've dedicated so much time to it and I love it. So it's like, I, that's how I got there.
2: I think we we should probably mention that Jennifer is uh, the daughter of the great John Candy.
0: Yes, that, yes. That is correct. Uh, if you don't recognize the last name. Yeah, my father my father was John Candy um, who was, you know, who wasn't a stranger to Second City and SCTV. So I, I grew up around it. I grew up watching SCTV. I grew up with those kind of um, comedi- uh, comedic icons as like family family members essentially and I was always around funny people and I liked to make people laugh and I liked the, the I don't know, I liked the process of, of writing and and creating something and, you know, putting it out there for people.
2: Well, if, if I could ask, um, when you were getting into improv and you were getting mm-hmm. into acting, was there any uh, way you went about it, like uh, classes, things like that? That you...
0: I did. So I started off, besides going to besides going to college for a theater, um, where they teach you everything, like you take theater classes from like Alexander Technique to, you know, you learn all of that stuff. Um, and then when I went into improv, because they didn't have so much of that in school, And let's be honest, you learn a lot from doing. So I moved to... Well, I started taking classes at Second City Los Angeles when it opened up here. And it was a really, really, really small school. So I didn't quite... Uh, I wanted to actually really go for the experience. So I went to Chicago and I just started taking classes there. Um, I went through their conservatory program. I worked in the box office and I just started doing that. So that was kind of, I, t- I took classes. I, I learned, you know, I learned from the best people that were, that were teaching there who were actually on the main stage and ETC stage and, um, and then learn from them.
2: Oh, that's awesome. And that's it's such, cause I mean, second city has such a long story history. Um, it had to not just because your father was a huge part of that history, but you stepping in. How did it feel like? Just getting oh, into it.
0: It was it was a surreal experience. I had gone, I had gone to go visit. Um, we actually go look for apartments. So my mom and I we flew out to Chicago to um, we had to figure out where I was going to live. Um, so we were looking for apartments and we had been all, all over Chicago and we just, we couldn't find it. We were exhausted. We were going to these places that like it, addresses didn't exist. We couldn't get a hold of landlords. I, it was technically mm-hmm. neighborhoods where I was like, eh, do I really want to be here? Uh, and it was too much of a commute to, to second city. And so my mom was like, okay, well, let's go back to second city. Let's walk around where your dad used to live. Cause he lived right around the corner from second city. So we were like, great. So my mom took me to the street that he used to live on, which was Crilly court, which was right in old town in chicago and we were looking and it's a it's a block of buildings that are now condos um that were apartments and we look and the the building that my dad used to live in there was a for rent sign and we went oh my gosh and so we went this is it and and for me and then also we was reading it it was like okay for rent this is it pets available pets allowed i was like because i had two cats at the time and i wanted a dog and and so I, so we called them up and they said it was a fur available. So we literally took a taxi cab to the landlord place and we put a deposit down and I moved and we went back to LA and they moved to Chicago, like, a m like a couple weeks later, like I drove cross country with my best friend and we packed up the car and, and I just, I started there and that was it. And so it was kind of that, like, oh, that was like, was meant to happen that I, that I lived there and he, and the. Second City, at some point, they did these walking tours of Chicago walking tours. So it was actors from Second City. They would take you around Old Town and give you a history lesson. So I became part of the Second City walking tour for a while. So they would say that this is where John Candy used to live and his daughter currently is here, who's currently working in the box office. So it was it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. and It wasn't obviously the same unit that I lived in because my dad lived in a back unit looking at the this kind of like alley cul-de-sac and I had a front unit. But it was the same building. So it was still pretty like this is pretty cool.
1: <laughs> what an omen. What an omen to like right? be going to Chicago and then that particular building is uh open. Is up.
0: available. It was that was it. And it was I loved it. I, it was a cute. And um on the other side so the, the, the apartments that I lived in, you know, on Crilly court, but then across the way um, it used to be a back lot for all the Charlie Chaplin films when Charlie Chaplin shot back there. So if you there's a, there's a lot of history in that little, that little nook right there. And so I, I had no idea that Crilly court was so um, famous for, for old um, Charlie Chaplin films.
2: I think, I think a lot of people don't realize how huge Chicago is in history of filmmaking. Yeah. It, it, it there's so much because so much talent comes from Chicago.
0: Exactly. And that was another reason. It's like my dad had shot so many movies there and we had we had a place there for a little bit. And so I'd always go from Toronto, Chicago, Los Angeles, and so they all felt like home to me. So to move to somewhere, I wanted to move out of Los Angeles for a little bit, and so Chicago just was always pulling on me, and and there's just there's so much history there, and it's also it's great for it's a great starter city for actors too. Like people think of like oh go to Los Angeles, I'm like no go to Chicago, go experience the theater there, go experience. Um, you could be they, all the movies that they shoot there. It's just you. Tons of my friends were. Um, they got little roles on there. They became you know background artists. It was just like there's so much to do there. It's 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 surreal.
2: That's so awesome. That's incredible. So um,
1: I got to ask, how do you get a job working on According to Jim? (laughs)
0: Well, (laughs) when I moved back from Chicago, um, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. So I sent my resume to all of my dad's friends and uh, just kind of went around and was like, I am looking for work. And so uh, Jim responded and he was like, great. um, I have this show called According to Jim. I'll bring you on as a background artist. And I said, fantastic. And so I became a regular background player on According to Jim. And then um after a year or so of doing background stuff uh I eventually became a stand-in so that was so stand-ins essentially stand-in for the actors for camera and lighting purposes and rehearsal and so I started doing that and then I got little bit parts from it and so it was it was a really nice a nice gig and it was oh, it was great because it was it was it was, it was it was consistent work and that's what any actor kind of looks for is consistent work. And I got to learn a lot. I got to, I got to meet tons of my friends. So from according to Jim, all of the directors and assistant directors and crew members all went on to go to all the Disney shows that your daughter was watching. So live and Maddie lab rats uh, with, so I moved from according to Jim, then I did a little bunch of d- different little shows in between, but um wizards of Waverly place. So everyone, so everyone who's was like, who I've been working with for years, we've all known each other from according to Jim. So that's where we all started. Um, and they've, we've gone on to just, you know, it's been nice because a lot of the crew sticks together. And so they moved from production to production. And so we just landed in the Disney world, um, for the longest time.
1: You mentioned sending your resume out to your dad's friends. Uh, when I interviewed your brother and I even watched couch candy, which is one of your shows. Yeah. Um, you guys he said that you guys were especially close to the Levy family growing up?
0: Yes, we were. Yes, we were. Yeah, um close to the Levies. Uh we we're close to uh, like every everyone, all of them really. It was like um the Flarities, the Levies, uh Dave Thomas, um John Hughes, of course, he wasn't Second City, but he was another close really family friend, but um I think, and then uh, I also like reach out to like Don Lake, who is a big Canadian actor, and who d- his and all the Christopher Guest films and stuff like that. So he was also kind of a mentor to me. Uh, and then Tino and Sana, who came from Second City, was my dad's best friend. He really, he when my dad passed, he really kind of stepped in and was like, okay, here, let me meet my agent. And he did the voice of Uncle Ted on Bobby's World. Wow. He was. um he did uh, Bushroot from Darkwing Duck, the the mm-hmm. villain character there. Um, he's Bubble Guppies, which is Mr. Mr. Grouper now, which is my son's absolute favorite show. Um,
2: oh my and- god, you just blew my mind! Uncle Ted <laughs> is Mr. Grouper, right? And I was just watching <laughs> Bubble Guppies with my four year old this morning, and I <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> so
0: so now you're gonna watch look at Mr. Grouper and go, oh my gosh, it's Uncle Ted. <laughs>
2: Uh, I know
0: know, once you have kids, your, your, your mind just kind of like, you're like, Oh, there you go. But so, yeah, no, we were definitely really close with a lot of, uh, so I sent my resume out. Like, so, uh, Tino was the one who actually got me my first, helped me get my first agent. He introduced me to his agent. And then, uh, and then eventually his, uh, am with the people who represented, um, him for commercially and also for voiceover and stuff like that. So it's like he, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he just, his, he was just such a huge influence um, on me. And then, and then I always, you know, stayed in contact with like the levies and, and all that stuff. And just kind of wanted to, I always pick their brain and, but they—it was also still family, so it's like you—you kind of want them to do their thing, and you're doing your thing, and you don't want to impose or anything. But Jim, Jim was Jim was great because he employed me for so many years, um, and I learned a lot, and I made so many connections. I don't think I would be where I am without those connections. But it was good. It was it was it was a lot. It was a lot of fun, and a lot, I still connect with all those people through Couch Candy. That's
1: you cool. um. You work with your brother on the show. I have it right here. Where was it? Oh no, I lost it. Hold which
0: on. one? Well, I did. Well, uh, he he's created where's the party? a party. Where? Yeah, where's his party? Um, which is which is him and his friend Garen. They created and these two amazing characters. And so I played a wacky character in it. Um, so that was a, that was a lot of fun. And yeah, so we've done we've done little projects here and there and you know, I helped him, uh, when I was, I think it was a couple of years ago, he did him and Garen also this his same writing partner. They wrote Chowchilla and we shot mm-hmm. that. And I helped kind of like produce a little bit with that and kind of, you know, cause it was just the two of them. And I had a little small role in that as well. So that was fun.
1: What's it like working with your brother?
0: It's fun. I love it. It's, it's, you know, we we're very, um, supportive, but we're also very, like, if we see something that, needs fixing or like being like oh you could try this a little bit better you could do this um it's good because it comes from a place of not being too critical like it like we're like oh wait okay that means like okay i i I really take to heart like what he says he's like jen try and do this or you're 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 looking over here too much or you're doing this and i'm like oh okay i'll fix that and i do the same with him and he's like okay okay so it's 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 nice to kind of have someone who has your back the whole entire time
2: from from years of like, I'm sure visiting sets, you know, you know, your father was on. Is there anything that like is in the back of your mind like when you're you know, you're doing a scene or you're on a set, like maybe you just remembered it, you know, like advice or or just you know how somebody did something or betrayed something. You're like, you know what, I like that that maybe stuck with you over the years.
0: Yeah, it's um well, it kind of comes with the preparation and beforehand. It's like going on set and it's just treating everyone with kind and being nice and being just going in and making friends and being comfortable. So if, if you're comfortable and, and and then that kind of creates like some sort of trust between everyone that you can kind of be free to do whatever you want. So if you're going to make a fool of yourself, might as well make a fool in front of all your friends or people that you don't really know. Um, but it gives you that kind of, or I don't know. It just, it's like, I kind of, Don Lake gave me some good advice. It was mostly with, with auditions. And it's, it's just do it as, as if like, just have fun with it. Who cares? Like, if you're not having fun with it, don't, you you know, you're not just, it's, it's one take, it's one scene, just have fun with it. And those are the ones that end up being uh, the ones that are used or the ones that are not, uh, you know, just, that come from a place of just being natural and you're more relaxed and comfortable and stuff like that. If that makes any sense.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I worked with a first AD a long time ago. You know, I was just a PA at the time. Mm-hmm. And he always said, he's like, Michael, please. And thank you. Yeah. I'll say please. And thank you no matter what. And it just, that stuff sticks with you when you're it's there and-
0: with everyone. It's like, don't it's like from, background to stand in to laughers to PAs like people who are running around getting you stuff it's like Mm -hmm. if you can get it yourself maybe get it yourself and if you really can't then please ask someone but there's no there's no need for there's no need for attitude and unless you like you know unless someone's being a complete a-hole and sets you then you just kind of you know don't get walked on but you shouldn't be the person that's walking on other people
2: i said it's the jo- it's the only job I can't wait at the end of the day to get home but I cannot wait to get back the next day. I
0: know. It's <laughs> oh, it's a lot cuz people it, so you did production production assistant and stuff like that? Is that what you were?
2: I started doing? out as that. I was a producer for a while too.
0: Producer, yeah. So it's like no, it is. It's like cuz you're the last one there and you're the first one there in the morning, so you have to <laughs> you have to love it.
2: Oh yeah. Except the sound guys, they can get there late and leave early.
0: I know, right? Why is that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, you don't need to sound mistake, right <laughs> uh no it's um i mean you camp candy i i know uh jason was gonna ask too but i i need to ask about camp candy because i grew up on that yeah i was a kid right at the right time when that came out
0: oh this is such a great show it was
2: i i always wondered like what led did your dad have like a uh, um did he what made him want to do a cartoon? I, I mean, I guess it's the. think
0: it's also it, it, you have to look at the time. It was the it was the nineties where everyone was creating a cartoon show from themselves. You had Howie Mandel doing Bobby's World. You had like you had uh, Louis Anderson doing the the uh, the Louis Anderson like the the Louis was that the kid show? I can't yeah. remember. But and Louis right. Anderson had his own show, so it was like everyone was every big actor was doing their own cartoon and my dad loved the the camping idea and loved cartoons and so i think for him that was something that he just thought was well this is what i do next it's like he wouldn't it was film um and then he wasn't quite into the the television i think if he stayed around a little bit longer um he would have gone into television but at the time you just television wasn't something that you did you accomplished everything else before you did like true television like meaning but he did cartoons and it look, it was, it's a great gig because you, he could, he created a great show. He brought his friends on, he got, he had his kids do a couple voices. Um, we did live, live segments, um, that we shot in Canada in our, on our farm and in our, our, the backwoods area, um, where he would do these little like PSAs about camping and don't like all this fun stuff. And we, you know, it was like my brother and my best friend were in the background, like fishing and doing like weird stuff. Um, and it was just, that's that's what you did. And I, Camp Candy was just loved by so many people because it was such a fun concept. It's like, I, to this day, I still feel like there should be something done with Camp Candy, like just a, a, a spinoff of some sort. But because it's Marvel, Marvel, Camp Candy is Marvel if you know that. So I'm like, there's gotta be a Marvel, you know, spinoff somewhere there. <laughs>
2: Oh, that would be wonderful. I I, I would love to see it um, revived in some way, but
0: or even just brought back. Like yeah. I I I have them on VHS, but I would love to have them on DVD or some sort of like because downloadable, so that my son can watch them. And like it's because I don't have the VHS hooked up, but you know, it's like that. I can find them on YouTube, but it's like I want a legitimate. I want something that you know people can all their hard work can get you know paid for as opposed to ripped off the internet.
2: Yeah, legit. Um, but it, like something like that. Like, what was that like? Um, you were you were you around eleven or twelve at the time, correct?
0: I think so. Yes, that sounds about right. Um, I remember, I remember my dad. I, like, I had to audition for one of the character voices, and I think it was like auditioning. I don't know if I was auditioning to play Vanessa, like because they already had a wonderful actress who played Vanessa, and then they <laughs> were for an episode they had me do her voice for something. Um, And so I remember like practicing lines with my dad and, and I had it in a valley because I had watched the show and I I wanted to do it in a Valley girl accent. And and my dad was like, no, I want you to do it in your normal voice. And I was like, well, she's a Valley girl and I'm going to do it in a Valley girl accent. And she, my dad was like, we had this like huge argument about it. Um, And so I went in and I took my dad's notes and I did it normally. And then the director, she was like, she said, great. Now, Jennifer, can you do it in a Valley girl accent? (laughs) So I remember (laughs) looking at my dad going, I told you, um, cause I know what the character they wanted for the character, but it was, it was, it was fun just going in. Cause my dad had a studio um, in his office in Los Angeles here. And he, we would just go in and I, you know, it's, it's we also just watched him work. It's like he would be in there and he'd be doing either stuff for Camp Candy. And then he was also doing stuff for Radio Candy. So um, he would do radio segments there, which was, which aired in Toronto, oh, Canada, I think Toronto, I don't know if it aired in the States.
2: I've never heard of radio candy
0: ah uh, radio candy is amazing um it was a radio show from ninety what no eighty some eighty nine to ninety one I think it was but it was it was legit like it was kind of like a sketch comedy radio show with amazing music in between that he just yeah google it or you know and I'll post a couple things I don't think there's any any audio of it anywhere like I obviously have stuff um, but I don't know how to like get it out there I could probably get some of the sketches out there but I couldn't get the music because of the copyright stuff and there's legit commercials like it's like I have copies of like all the weird commercials that were happening there that's
2: so awesome yeah it's cool a hero in film hero in television now a hero to podcasters and radio (laughs) person
0: right he just wanted to do it all it's like oh tough act Paul
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's, I mean, no, I—I I mean, I've watched some of your stuff and research, and, and you're not a tough act Well, to yeah,
0: thank you, thank
2: you. You got the tower.
0: <laughs> no, I appreciate that.
2: So,
1: I got to ask you about your time on One Day at a Time.
0: Ah, uh, yes.
1: <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of shows that deal with social issues anymore, and there's One Day at a Time, and there's mm-hmm. The Connors, yep. and I think they're both doing that pretty well. But One Day at a Time was exceptional.
0: Oh, they did. Gloria did a phenomenal job with that. Gloria uh, and I went to college together. She was a little bit older than Gloria Calleran. She was uh, the creator of the show. And so she called me because she she brought she needed a scene with a bunch of her friends and um, someone had couldn't make it. And so she called me. And so she actually called my brother in law. Um, and was like, wait, who I, I, what, like, I need contact information. And you know, my brother-in-law Chris was like, Oh, call, call Jen. And so she called me and it was like this last minute thing. And so I went in and I was so happy to be a part of it because that show is so, it's just so it's doing the right thing at the right time and just the right issues. And it, it just is, it's, it's a good show. It's just quality television. And I think everyone on that show is, is super talented and super nice and I was happy to be a part of it for you know, even if it was just for one episode, I was really happy to be a part of it.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really awesome. Uh, you're right. I it's something that it seems to be going away. Like it seems like they're coming with a lot of social issues, especially in sitcoms, which is a really it's always been sort of the home. Yeah. For social issues, in my opinion, like well, home.
0: yeah, that's how you know, that's how. It, it's all the stuff that we watched growing up. It's like, that's it was sitcoms and it wasn't necessarily the one hour stuff. It was the sitcoms that were dealing with the everyday issues. And, but no, yeah, the Connors is doing it. I think really well too. I watch that show and I enjoy it and I have a lot of friends that work on it too. And
1: yeah, the way they've handled COVID on that show, the Connors has yeah. been amazing.
0: No, it's great. I know they, ha- it has been, it's just because it's, it's true. The thing is, is, is comedy is, is in reality. And, you know, and it's also it's also not necessarily it doesn't have to always be funny. It just has to be real, and people will, will be interested and intrigued.
2: Yeah, that is legit. Um, so, you said you're uh, you said you have a son.
0: I do. I have a son, two years old.
2: We're all parents here. And We're all parents. <laughs> I, I want to ask.
0: Uh, how, how are you doing with all that? <laughs>
2: Hanging in there,
0: uh, <laughs> for sure.
2: Um, yeah, I have an eight-year-old and I have a four-year-old, and my eight-year-old's favorite movie of all time is Home
0: Alone. Oh, I love it!
2: And I told him I was like, you know, John Candy, because we've been introducing him to John Candy this past year in twenty twenty. I was like, if you need laughs.
0: I mean, that's good. Home it. Alone's a good one to, to to have him watch too.
2: But I gotta, I gotta ask as as his daughter, how what movies are you introducing?
0: Okay, well we've already introduced um Rescuers Down Under because his character as as Wilbur. Um <laughs> and we have we have my husband found um before he was born, he found these like they're not animation cells, but they're like storyboards, but they're stamps. So it was this whole like so it's all of the stories, it's the whole story movie, and we got them framed and we put them in his room, and then I had a couple cells. So we introduced him to Rescuers Down Under, um Cool Runnings.
2: No, nice. which,
0: which is a great one and then he's seen like does he understand? No because he's two. but he has seen um, parts of planes and automobiles great outdoors because they're on and like if they're on TV it's like we, oh it's like there's grandpa um, trying to think what other ones we space balls you know oh because we have because um, uh, my, when my husband went to Comic Con with his brother they, they came back with this great artwork um of my dad from uh barf and so we have that hung up in our and so every time he sees it he's he points and we're like oh that's grandpa and so right. he probably thinks grandpa's a mog but <laughs> <laughs> but he does he does see that so we, we you know we try and introduce him to but it's mostly like the cartoons and cool runnings was something because my husband one of my husband's favorite movies and and it's also family friendly and it's like there's nothing in a, you know, it's just, it's just entertainment. And Wilbur was a little hard because he was like, Oh, you know, it's like a voice. So he doesn't quite understand that concept, but he does, he did watch it and he recognizes it from the pictures in his room. Um, And he, you know, he, he gets it, I think to, to, to an extent. And so I'm, I, we show a movie. So it's like, if it's on, it's on and that some of it will just, you know, he won't, he's not absorbing all the bad language yet.
2: Well, now you have to set up the VCR. I know. them to mom's first.
0: Uh, I <laughs> know. Program.
2: Yeah, there's some, there's candy. some
0: candy movies
1: I got to pick up on VHS because they're so hard to find on DVD.
0: There's some that are hard out there. But, yeah, I know. Which ones are you trying to get?
1: Only the Lonely. Oh, yeah. That's my all-time favorite. It's his third movie with uh, Michael, uh, Macaulay Culkin.
0: Yep. No, the only the Lonelys is such a great movie, too, yeah, I can't remember. I don't know if i have I have that one I think I, we have like my mom would always pick them up and she'd pick up copies for us and stuff like that. They just can't go.
1: Do you find it hard watching the his movies, or is it more like watching home videos almost
0: it, It's a combination of both. I think it depends on the mood I'm in um, but most of the time I enjoy watching them if it's during the holidays, you know I love watching trains planes and home alone and uh, great outdoors and then, then during the summer it's like great outdoors you want to watch all these other you know the, the uh summer rental i like watching them i don't you know i don't really there but there's sometimes it can be a little overkill where you're just like oh, okay i don't need to i don't need to <laughs> i don't need to watch this anymore um but i love you know i always i went through it, like a huge i love jfk like that's such a great movie and my dad did such a great job in that so it's like if that's ever on i'm always like oh i just sit there and watch it because it's such a good movie oliver stone and
1: I I firmly believe your dad would have gotten an Oscar eventually.
0: Oh, I do too.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Mean- JFK alone that his scenes in that he chewed up the entire
0: yeah he works he works so hard on that character he had a dialogue coach and we went to New Orleans and, New Orleans and he just he worked really hard cuz he didn't he wanted to this was like a big deal and it wasn't a comedy and it was like he didn't want to come to set and be like oh there's the funny guy it was like he wanted to come to set and be like look this is what I can do and he did and it was phenomenal
1: well, I gotta ask you about something about you, which is uh, Couch Candy, mm-hmm. which you're trans, uh, you're moving it over to podcast form, right?
0: I am, I am in the process of doing that slowly but surely. But that was something, and my uh, my my editor friend uh, Chris and I were like, okay, let's just get. But how do we get it out there more? And because the reality of doing more Couch Candies right now is a little challenging without it being something like this. But I just I liked the concept of being on a couch talking with someone super casual super comfortable um and that's why i created couch candy i just kind of wanted stories that um my dad's friends had that may may or may not have been told or just told in a different and more relaxed setting so i i I created that and did that and then this lovely 2020 i was able to get all the other shows that i had previously recorded just edited and put them out for everyone to watch. And so then I'm like, okay, well, the next step, cause everyone's like, Oh, I love them. But you know, I listen to them. I don't necessarily watch them. And I was like, no, 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 I know. I, it's like, I appreciate it. Um, because I think originally I didn't turn it into a podcast is because I had video clips and I had
2: mm-hmm. photos
0: that I, like, that was the, that was something that I wanted different out of this show was something that like, you can actually see that you wouldn't see, Cause it was like photos that you might've never seen that my mom took or, you know, it just, it was, it was very visual. Um, but now I'm like, okay, I can, I can switch it over to, to a podcast. So I'm, I'm going to do that.
1: That's fantastic. I've watched and listened and it's fantastic.
0: I'm glad you like it. It's, it's a, it's a, it was, it's a fun sh- show to do. And, um, there was a benefit, uh, that I did, uh, for a charity I worked for last month and I, I, my, uh, it, I brought back Couch Candy for for a short edition um, with my brother in law Chris Sullivan, so that was fun to do. So we did it outside. So it was it was something that I I was like okay, was I able to get like one show in for the year? Um, It was an abridged version, but it was still it was still fun to do. Yeah,
2: that's awesome, and I mean that's a it's a great concept too. Like oh yeah, thank you. And it reminds me of like because I worked at I was in no way shape or form an entertainer. Uh, and you know, I didn't have talent like that, but I would. We're go- all entertainers. <laughs> well, I would, I would film uh, a, a friend of mine's group at Iowa West in Los Angeles. With oh, okay. Me. And uh, so, like, I got to sit in, and it just always seemed like everything after everything died down and everybody was gone. Like, everybody just chilled on the couch, and that's where the conversations come.
0: Yeah, that's and, essentially you know, it. It's the, it's the, it's the before and the after, and it's just that kind of. It's just that, the, the, the just being comfortable and just relaxed and not so like, and it just, it was something different at the time that a lot of talk shows weren't doing. It was, you know, cause you would go and you'd have the host and you would have the couch and they would, they would talk and it was just, but it was, it, I just wanted it to be more, you know, relaxed.
2: Yeah. And it definitely is for sure.
1: And- well, right before we let you go, I have one last question. And that is what, what, Two TV shows have you watched during quarantine that you like, or movies? Oh,
0: right. oh gosh, what haven't I watched? Um, okay, so, oh, I've done. There's too many. Like this is a whole other hour of a show of what have we watched during pandemic? Um,
2: Don't lie, I, Tiger King.
0: Yeah, no, I did not get into that. I was. I would think I was the only person. Like, we. I just my husband and I were like, man, no, we didn't. I didn't want to get into it. Um, Cobra Kai, completely, oh, yeah. just binge watched the whole entire thing. Um, And then, oh, The Queen's Gambit, which was-
1: That was amazing.
0: That was so good. Um, Queen's Gambit, Cobra Kai. Oh, The Boys. I I finally caught up on The Boys. I had never watched that. And I was just like, this is so good. This is so (laughs) wrong and so just very violent. but I really like that one so yeah so the, like I went I said three so those were those were the three that I've been watching and then obviously the you know your go-to shows that aren't but I just sometimes I just need to binge watch things
1: I think Cobra Kai is my favorite show that's out right now but yeah. there's a certain of um, reality you just gotta understand does not exist in within the show and the show yes. is perfect.
0: It is. I, I, I think this season with, there's no spoiler alerts, but this season I definitely kind of went really with the fighting. Like it just seemed to me, I was like, Ugh. but cause I love, I love everything about it. I love the, the, the fight choreography. I think it's phenomenal, but there's just something to it this year where I was like, why am I just not like, why am I waiting for them to just stop? Like it was a moment of like, but other than that, I just, I love all the nostalgia. I love the connections. I love, I love I love this new story of Johnny like just oh it's so good it's just I, it's, as a huge Karate Kid fan I'm just it, it's super happy about it.
1: As much of Johnny dealing with technology they can give me, I absolutely love <gasps> everything. The fact so, that he didn't know to plug in his laptop,
0: I know he returned <laughs> it because the battery died. You sent me like he's like, well, did you plug it in? It's like. Oh, you plug it like I know, and then he threw away his phone, but he didn't know Facebook was on a computer as well. Like it's just, it's just he's so he's talk about someone who is so anti technology or not anti, just doesn't like he's he, 80s. He's, he's 80s. Character. He's Very he's hardcore 80s, and that's what I love about it. <laughs> he's so good. He's so good.
2: Yeah, it's funny you kind of mentioned the 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 fight scenes and how outlandish it is, like them fighting the at the chop shop. This this year and stuff, yeah. The whole point of the original Karate Kid that people made fun of the sequel for was it was only supposed to be about this kid who's getting beat up and then comes back into a karate tournament. It's not fighting drug dealers, it's not going right crazy or anything like that. And it just spiraled into this thing, which is great, and I love every second of it.
0: <laughs> oh, I do too, but it's no longer it's no longer two dojos and a tournament. It's two dojos, what happens outside of school, what happens inside of school, what happens here, what happens there, let's fight here, here, here. And you're just like, oh, there's too much fighting, um, which I guess you can never have, but... I I do think I I'm I'm excited for season four because I'm
2: like,
1: yes. I'm glad that one of the things that was driving me nuts is them bringing Johnny and Daniel together. Yeah. they finally did it. We don't have to wait. I do like that they were dealing with the fact that they are like the same person.
0: Yeah, I, it's the yin and yang, but they are and they are the same person. I love I and I just I love the two sides to the story. It's like because there's two sides to a story, so it's like we saw one version in Karate Kid <laughs> and we're seeing another one in Cobra Kai and. And I like how they're making like it's he is not a bad guy like he just this was his, I like seeing he's his trying. side of it he's trying he's <laughs> he's not perfect and he does have his flaws but it's it's it makes him more um, you you're rooting for him and I'm totally rooting for him.
1: Yeah, and if you can't walk, you just go straight to him. He'll have you walking quickly. He'll just take you to see D. Snyder.
0: Oh, God, that was just <laughs> that, whole, just that whole like, just, just like you want that, go get it. And He's like, okay, and then it's like, oh, and his like, facial expressions are so good when he's just like, ah, and then he's like, because then you feel that he's like, oh, I'm actually really legitimately sorry that I just made you. Fall out of you know bed and you can't walk,
2: (laughs) yeah. He just tries so hard, and I, 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 yeah, I I do like that he thinks it's all psychological and screw medicine.
0: Yeah, I know. Oh, that's good though. Mick, did you have anything else?
2: Uh, I just one if I could in a a land of revival and remakes. If if there's like a character that's maybe a revival of like your father's, what would it be? Are we getting a chrome? (laughs)
0: man oh god crumb i don't know a revival if there was a oh that's a tough one because there has been slight revivals and i am never they're hard that's a hard one because
2: tv show who's jennifer crumb let's
0: i know god (laughs) right
2: There you go. I,
0: yeah i could do i could do that one yeah i'll say that one let's do that I, i'd like to play a detective of of some sort right. just to just it, it reminds me of there was a my dad helped me write a story when i was in grade school and we just wrote a detective story and it was just right. it was probably really inappropriate now that i think back about it because it was like you know detective airhead and it was just like it was very like punny and <laughs> that, that was the, that was our humor and so i think feel like it was i feel like it was that was chronic essentially who he was writing, like helping me write was like, we were creating this character and it's just crumb is this, this lovable just happens to fall on mistakes. Like, but he's like, he does mistake after mistake, but then just happens to solve a crime. And I just think that's, that's endearing. So yeah, I'm going to, that's a good one. I, I would, I, I would okay that one.
2: If you guys are watching live, is, let us visit the set. <laughs>
0: no, of course. done.
1: If you guys are watching live hashtag Netflix, Jennifer crumb.
0: Yeah, Let's right. Get this, get this <laughs> Let's get it going. <laughs> I need work, people.
2: Well, thank. You so I, I really appreciate talking to you. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, well, thanks so much. It's been fun. I've, I've had a great time.
1: <laughs> uh, thank you guys all for tuning in. You can check out Jennifer Candy and all of the links that I will supply in the description of this video and audio. And have a great day.